Um, welcome to Vintage. We're glad you guys are here this morning. I feel like um, I feel like just in listening to Harvest, there are two things that I want to share with you. I feel like the Lord just gave me uh, for you. If you want a different church experience than you've ever had before, then show up with some expectation for God to move and for you to encounter God as a God that unlike you think you've known before. Number two, if you want to encounter a church experience unlike you've known before, come to church to be used by God to build up and encourage other people in the church. If you come to church looking to get something from church and soak up some good truth for the sponge so you can make through a week, you've missed the New Testament Bible version of the church. If you want to experience church like you've never experienced it before, then show up with the expectation and the desire for God to use you and to speak through you to encourage and build up and edify other people in the body. And you pair that with expectation, I think you'll have a different experience in church than what you've ever known. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a church that looks like, sounds like, breathes like, talks like, and experiences the same kind of stuff that the church in the New Testament experienced. Can I get an amen to that? I mean, if we're just here to kind of soak up a little sponge piece and, and move on to to tomorrow, then, then really we're missing it. That's not what vintage is about. We've been, we've been talking about for, for all, you know, since the beginning of the year about family resolutions. Let's make that a family resolution, right? That, that the people that are going to be a part of the family of vintage show up to church with some expectation and show up expecting God to use them and empower them to build up and encourage each other. And let's see what happens when we come together. Okay. Um, in continuing our family resolutions piece this morning, uh, we're going we're gonna to dive in. I'm going to ask you a couple questions to get things started. And, and so I want you to kind of sit there. I'm going to give you a few seconds to sit there and ponder and kind of come up with an answer for yourself. And my first question is, what do you stress over? What stress do you have in your life? What stress are you dealing with? The second question is, what do you fear? The two may very well go together. Most stresses have a fear behind them. Do you know what your fear is? Do you know what that anxiety is? Some people fear, fear the dark, and so they, uh, they don't go near closets. Some people fear spiders, and so they walk around the corner timid. If they're walking into a place that, you know, nobody, nobody else is sitting. It, some people fear uh, rejection. So they sit at home uh, by themselves. Probably in the dark with little pet spider friends they've named, you know. But what, what is your fear? As we, as we look at what we're, what we're going to talk about this morning, there, there are two kind of fears that I want to address. One is the fear that I'm alluding to now, fear that is focused on things that you're scared about, things that you're, that you're caught up in and that you're intimidated by and that you, you don't want to turn the lights off at, at night or you don't want to go to work because of this thing or you don't want to talk to your neighbor because of that thing. And then there's this, this fear that we see in Scripture, and it's the fear of the Lord. And, and so for this morning's you know, part, I'm going to just say that the first thing that you thought of, this, this lowercase, I'm going to name that the lowercase f, fear. 
The fear of the circumstances, the fear of the dark, the fear of the spiders, the fear of, of rejection. Those are, those are circumstances. Those are things that you deal with in this world. And then the capital F fear is this fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is very different. Fear of the Lord is this, there is this awe in our understanding of who God is. There is this place where we see in Scripture where people come into the presence of God and they fall on their faces though dead. That there is this, in awe of the majesty, in the strength, in the size, in the amazing reality of how big and strong and powerful this God is, I'm in trembling awe of, in amazement of His majesty. And that's a good thing. That's a good fear. It's not a bad fear, but it is a fear to, it is a, it is a place where we come to in awe and reverence for who He is. Now, I've got news for you. Whatever we, whatever we fear tends to be the thing that we worship. Whatever we fear tends to be the thing that we worship. So if you have stresses and fears that are, are destroying the joy and the peace that you can have in life, then you are giving time and effort to try to avoid certain things or to try to hold off certain things or to try to keep things and manage things yourself. And that often leads into this whole big spiral world of trying to be in control of your own life. And that can be a problem in of itself, but we're not going there this morning. These things that we fear draw us to worship. But in the kingdom... Jesus came that we might fear in a new way, and it might, that fear might be a fear of the Lord, and we can be drawn into a life of worship of who He is and what He's about, and that the fears, the lowercase fears, don't have to be the things that are stealing, killing, and destroying our life and running our life, but that we can encounter and experience a fear of the Lord um, the, to dare to, to appear at the majesty of who He is and that uppercase fear trumps lowercase fear every time. Because every time we have a fear or a stress before us, we, have, we can do one of two things. We can worry or we can worship, but we can't do both at the same time. You have a choice. Are you going to worry or are you going to worship? And you may bounce back and forth between those, both, those two, but you can't do both at the same time. You cannot stand before the God of the Bible, the God of creation of all heaven and earth, the God who is so big, he says that he scattered the stars by his hand. A God that is so big that we, we look at the stars and we can see hundreds of millions of light years away and not even grasp the size of the universe that we live in. This is a God who just did this, Right? We cannot stand in the reality of who the God is that we worship and be overly concerned with the fears of the world that we live in. Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it in abundance. He came to bring us an abundant life, and that abundant life is a life in the Spirit. That term that he used, the life, in that passage in John 10, 10, is this term, Spiritual life. I came that you might have a spiritual life in abundance. And that spiritual life can trump the physical life every time. But do we live that way? Or do we find ourselves living in this place of giving worship to our fears 
And the reason I'm using that term worship this, this morning is that when we, when we look at the, at the, at the Old Testament in its, in its original language in Hebrew, there are a number of different uses, there are a number of different words that are used for the term fear. But uh, the fear, the word we're looking at this morning is, is, is abad. Abad. And that term abad is used over 250 times in the New Testament. And the, the, the term, the Hebraic term, is synonymous. It's used in different ways throughout, the, throughout Scripture to be a, a term that is associated with serve. It's a term associated with work. It's a term associated with worship. You see, worship is not simply what we do when we come and sing songs on Sunday morning. If that's your understanding of worship, then, then you've missed the whole biblical context. Worship is intended to be our work, our service, our what we do. That there is a performance piece in our lives that is to be, that is to be worship. When you go to work, God has presented you an opportunity to go into worship. He's presented you an opportunity to give this work that you do in whatever job you have to be presented back to him as an act of worship. He's placed you on that mission field. Every opportunity that happens in our lives, everything that we give effort and energy to, can be an opportunity to worship. This is the context that we see in in Luke chapter 16, verse 13. When you're familiar with the verse, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. But you cannot serve both God and money. Jesus is talking about a holistic reality of who we can be in learning how to worship and experience worship. There's this invitation in that experience of worship. If you you recognize the difference in these two fears, and we recognize that we may work and we may serve these fears to need to make money or fears of going broke or whatever the thing is that that you fear, that we will work to avoid that situation or that, that thing have happened. But it really has the motivation of fear behind it. And when we give ourselves in worship to those things, then we find our lives being stolen, killed, and destroyed. We find that we end up resenting that thing that we're actually living to worship. That it holds us bound and we're captive by this thing and we're living as slaves to this thing that really God does not have us have a desire for us to live in slavery to. That we may not want to go to work. We may hate our work. We may not see the people that we go to work with as as people that we're to be missionaries to. That maybe I'm going to work and, and I'm just expecting to get a paycheck. And I'm not going to work just as like I'm not going to church. Expecting God to use me and move me and minister through me to build up and encourage and reveal to them who he really is. Jesus said that the world will know that you're my disciples by the way in which you love one another. Are you, are you loving your co-workers in a way that would reflect who Jesus is, that they know who he is because they've known you? This is the life that we're called to live. This is the invitation that he makes to you and me. Because see, when we, when we live with Abad, when we live with Abad of Jesus Christ as the focus of our life, then everything changes. You see, what if you could, you could live your life with a bod as the focus? You'd find yourself being free. 
What if abod to some? What if you had the ability to abod someone that you were that was so awe-inspiring that you experienced peace and joy just by being with them? Instead of avoiding abod, you would become a seeker of abod in everything, everywhere, all the time. You would live your life to abide in all things. Imagine that. Having such an experience, an encounter with Jesus Christ, that you're overwhelmed with the goodness of who He is, because He's only good. There's nothing but goodness in God. Now, every one of us in here wrestles with and has struggled with and the enemy has tried to twist who we understand God to be. And somehow, somewhere within us, he's tried to convince us that God is not trustworthy because he's not good. He's not fully good. Go all the way back to the garden. It happened there. Adam and Eve, do, you know, you can't eat. He's, the, the snake is speaking to Eve. She says, you know, don't, he said don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because then you'll be like him. Maybe he's not really good. Maybe he really doesn't have your best interest in mind. Maybe he's just trying to hold back something really good from you. But if you eat of the tree, then you'll know. And since then, it's been true for every one of us. It's one of the great ploys of the enemy to try to have us believe and twist our understanding and our knowledge of God to be something other than what it truly is because he is only And what if you could live your life with intent to experience him, encounter him, and know him regardless of the circumstance in your life? I have the unique honor and privilege to be married to an amazing woman who you're about to get to meet if you haven't met her before. So, Rebecca, would you come on up? So it's been a busy uh, couple weeks in our household, and, um, and I wanted to invite Rebecca to come and share, it's working, come and share um, a little bit about what's going on. So, Okay, um, about two weeks ago, almost exactly, um, through a series of doctor's visits and then biopsies and scans, and all. Um, I was very recently diagnosed with um, a form of breast cancer that is now, it's breast cancer, but also there's um, some in a lymph node um, on the same side. So um, we know a little bit beyond that. Um, we have um, been to an oncologist just um, this past week and are just learning treatment options, um, what that looks like, um, and it's a lot. It's a lot of information and a lot to digest and take in, and um, our next step is meeting with the surgeon um, tomorrow, so to find out that aspect of, uh, of this journey. So that has been our two weeks. Um, we got this news not two days ago, Friday, but the previous Friday, and uh, on Saturday I was um, coming up to the church for something, and I went upstairs to 
to find Rebecca and to let her know I'm, I'm headed out to the church now. And, and, um, and I found her in our closet. Um, we have a big closet. Uh, sitting on this little stool and, uh, and texting a friend, and she was crying. And I, and I asked her, you know, why are you crying? Um, the, it was, um, well, it's, it's been an amazing, obviously incredibly hard, but amazing um, time. And um, the moment that Scott is talking about, um, it, God had really, um, up to that point, from the time of finding out to th- that point, um, God had really been um, leading me to new places of surrender um, that, uh, honestly, I think before this time, I'd probably avoided even trying to think about um, because to me they they seemed, um, you know, way too scary. And just like what Scott was saying before, um, he also, I mean, in, in, see, in understanding that, um, that resistance to, to go to God and invite him into these places, I mean, obviously that, I'm like, I have no clue who God is in, in these moments, in, in, these, um, in this. And slowly, I mean, but just very clearly, God was showing um, pieces of his love that I had not believed before. Um, and showing me that he is a God that... Um, that is so welcoming. Um, he is not to be feared. There is nothing um, he can't be trusted with. And um, and so, at the time that Scott was um, talking about, you know, I'd really been wrestling with, um, you know, laying down, questioning him about what. So what's next? Like, what, what are the answers? And, um, and not, I mean, obviously not getting the answers that I was wanting. Um, and so just in a time of, of the one thing I know that he had said was, um, you're not to fear this. You're not, you don't need to fear any of this. And that brought incredible peace, but then I would start to work, you know, think around that and say, but okay, that's fine, but what about all this other stuff? You know, that all these other things that are connected to this. And um, so he, I had just read um, the, the part in Second Timothy, it's chapter two, where Jesus, um, or excuse me, Paul, is saying to Timothy, he's like, when you endure hardships, endure them as a soldier of Christ. And just as a soldier is looking to only please his commander, he doesn't, he doesn't worry about these civilian affairs. Um, his eyes are on his commander and what his commander is saying. And it was just this moment of realizing that God was saying, do not fear. And that is all I need to hear. I don't need to think that I need to hear something else, that he needs to say something else, that there's answers, that um, there was just a freedom. His truth just 
it was just a place of brokenness for me that it just released me from all of these other fears and um and i i just was overwhelmed that this is a life he's led us to that this is a life he wants each of us to have no matter what the situation big small or, or nothing we don't have we don't have anything to fear um tomorrow he is enough he is enough today um and that's all we need to know. And um, yeah, there, it, there was a defining moment for me as a as a husband. You know, in that moment, Rebecca looked up at me, you know, with tears in her eyes, and I'm like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "You know, I'm I'm not I'm crying because I'm overwhelmed with how good God is. I'm overwhelmed that God is so good that He's called us to live a spiritual life, not a life of the flesh." And then she just started, and 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 she, when she said that, I was like, "Okay, I'm going." Where's my pen and paper? Like, and, and so I just, I, I said that like six times in my head. I was like, what a defining moment. I, I'm crying because I'm overwhelmed with the goodness of God that he has called us to live a spiritual life, not a life in the flesh. Now, if you read your Bible, that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's in there. You know, the, the, and then she just started quoting some different verses. Romans, Romans 8, she said, you know, that... Um, you know, the, the mind of the flesh, you know, is fixed on death and the mind of the spirit is fixed on life, right? Uh, Colossians 3, you know, let your, let your heart, your mind be fixed on, on, the, on God and on things above, not on the things that are below, right? I mean, that's the, that's the essence of what is, is, is New Testament is speaking and teaching about trials and tribulations. And I'm like, that's my wife. You go, girl, yeah. right? And um, so it's been an amazing, amazing ride just in two weeks to in the midst of probably the scariest thing in your life to see what you're encountering and experiencing God to be. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, one of the things that you, you said when uh, to me this week we were talking about, you know, this, this thing kind of flipped up, that God flipped upside down. Right. Um, the... I'd say the next kind of uh, defining moment um, through this uh, came last Sunday. Um, and I just felt like God was saying, you need to go up and ask for prayer for physical healing. And um, that really, there was a part of me that, I mean, that was, that was a scary thing because um, I knew you know, just the can of worms that that would open, you know, if physical healing didn't happen. And, but I felt like it, he was saying, just, I'm just asking you to do this. And in a way it was saying, I, you, I'm teaching you to trust me to bring everything and to not withhold anything. And one of those things I don't want you to withhold is hope and healing. And You've got to, and no matter what happens, no matter what God chooses to do, I've got to bring that to Him anyway. And so I did. I, um, I went up and um, got prayed for for healing. And, um, and the next day I was kind of, which I knew would happen, kind of wrestling through. Okay, God, what, what does this mean? What you know, just all the questions around this questioning, 
what do I need to do different? I mean, all of it. You know, you can. I'm sure you can think of a million yourself. So, all of a sudden, he just showed. I mean, I just felt like he just pinpointed that my, the way I see him, or the way I was seeing him right then was, my belief was, if God, if God loved me, He would heal me. And God, God will heal if He loves, and or whom He loves, or. And um, and that was quite eye-opening. I it answered a lot of it made a lot of sense because of my different views, my different views of him. And and the thing that he flipped upside down was um, he is an invitation of saying to me, God saying to me, Rebecca, if you love me. Are you willing to follow me wherever I'm leading you? And the answer to yes. I, it's because I know that that is the only place where I'm going to experience him, the only place where I'm going to know him. And um, and I know that this is not really about me and about the physical stuff going on. I mean, I know he has huge plans for our sons in this they're going to know him in ways that they could never know him otherwise. And I know that this, I look forward to the time when this is known as when God worked in our family and in our lives and, and whatever, however he wants, and not the time that was known as a time of physical sickness. That's, I know that, that, that I don't, I'm not always, you know, I have some ups and downs, but I, that is something I know that he has shown. Um, you were telling me yesterday, uh, that something I hadn't heard yet, that, you know, Rebecca has a small group of um, gals that she meets with. They meet every Friday. And, and one of the things they did, I guess, about six weeks ago, um, they were meeting together and they were doing a, a dream board. Now, you know, I don't know if you've ever done dream boards, but, you know, I do it in all my discipleship groups with my men. We sit around and do some artsy dream boarding. And, and Doug's bringing the stickers this afternoon because we're going to, I've got colored pencils and he's got some stickers we, and we're going to dream board this afternoon in our discipleship group. But the, you know, this lady's group's a little different and you know, Elizabeth's in there, but they were, you were telling me about y'all's dream boarding. Sorry. Um, no, that's, yes. <laughs> um, just, just a few days ago in our closet again, our closet collects a lot of stuff. Um, there, I saw my dream board, which was just a piece of paper. And um, when we did this, people had amazing, these elaborate, beautiful, you know, boards of all these different collages of wonderful, beautiful things. And I don't know why I couldn't, I, I just could not, I had nothing. And so I had three different phrases on this piece of paper. Um, one, the, top, the first one said authentic. The second one said established in love. And the third one said life without fear. And I hadn't thought about that. I had forgotten all about <laughs> my dream piece of paper. And I, when I saw that the other day, I could not believe I, that was my dream board, <laughs> and God is 
God is doing that. That he is, he is fulfilling those. And so I'm, I, I this is the craziest thing. I, as not good as things are in one sense, they couldn't be better in another. And only God, that only God can do that. Rebecca and I went to um, Reveille yesterday morning for breakfast, and we're just talking about some of the some things, and and it was again very inspiring for me to hear from her. And, and one of the things that she she said um, that we were talking about was, you remember this that about you know what what the prayer is in the midst of this. Do you remember this part of the conversation? Okay, I'll I'll flesh it out, but that this. That, you know, we, we've both been in this perspective, like, what God is doing and who he is revealing himself and who Rebecca is encountering God to be and the joy that she has and the peace that she has in the midst of this is the heart that everything is fixed on right now. That cancer is really, a, on, you know, on the back burner piece. It's that the prayers... And the things that, and even the, that the Lord has me praying into is praying for Rebecca that in this new life, that in, in a whole new way, and, and we all go through seasons of this, right? But this is a new season, this is a new chapter, a new connection, a new encounter with God that he is inviting and he's being invited into places that, that maybe even Rebecca before now didn't know she was holding back. But she's experiencing God to, in, a, in a time when you shouldn't have peace to have peace. And the, the things that we're praying into is for God to have his way in that, that it's not about cancer. Because look, we're all dying. This is going to pass away. But, but what she's encountering now is eternal. And, and that's how we're called to live. It's about the eternal life. Circumstances, the things that you're most stressed and worried about will be gone probably within a couple of weeks for most of you. And you'll see how much effort and energy you gave to that. And how often are we just being living the stolen life that the enemy's offering us because we're so caught up in the moment when really the real moment is about eternity. And what John Wesley came to say, sorry, I'm preaching now. John Wesley came to say, you know, I've, I've learned to value everything for the weight that it has for eternity. It's one of the wisest things I've ever heard one of the most biblical things I've ever heard that isn't stated here. God has that waiting for you and for I. I'm going to ask you one last question. If you, could, if, if you could rewind everything, go back two and a half weeks before, before the mammogram, before you knew anything, before cancer was even on the horizon. Um, take cancer away and take a step back and, and not be not experience or not be where you are now, would you, would you accept that? No, I, I would not. I know that what he's doing is, is far greater, and it, it, it would be foolish to give that up. We're going to take a few minutes now. I'm going to ask Timothy if he'd, he'd come up wherever he is. Um, we're going to take a few moments. Thank you all for being a, a family for us and, and kind of listening to our story as it's just getting started. But we're going to pray for Rebecca and um, invite you all to pray with us. And uh, 
go from there. So we're going to pray for Rebecca and invite you all to pray with us. Um, you all want to come down here so it's easier? I'm, I'm, I'm not a plat- I don't love the platform, so I'm going to stay down here too. So, um, Andrew, you might come up here too, bud. Is Will, is Will here? Um, so one, I really, really love the Crawfords and I really, really love Rebecca. And, um, two, I really love that I get to be a part of their life. And the cool thing is that God has called us to be a family. Um, whether you come here all the time or whether this is your first time here, um, God, we believe very, very deeply that God has called us to be a family. And that means shouldering the burden and and participating in life with each other. And so now we get to actually do that. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, I want you to get up and we're going to come pray for Rebecca and Scott. And if you know them, come. If you don't know them, come. We just want to be supportive and pray. Cool. Oh, is, is Rich Brom here too? Rich. Um, so here's the deal. Um, we recognize that there are other people who are having, um, similar, if not the same issues. And Rich is a, is another one who is fighting uh, the same fight. So let's get Rich up here and play it. Can y'all make right here, kind of make a way for Rich to get through? Is, is there anybody else who, who needs prayer for this too? Anybody else? Anybody else? No? Going once, going twice. Come on. Watch out real quick, dealer. Get up here. Watch out. Right here. Um, so here's what's going to happen. I want you, if you can get hands on them, pray. If you just want to lay a hand on the shoulder of somebody in front of them, we're just going to do our best. And here's the deal. There's no right or wrong way to do this. All we're asking is that you do what you feel God is calling you to do. If it is to out loud intercede and fight for Rebecca, great. If it is to silently meditate on who God is in this place, great. But all we want to do is be supportive for, for our family that is up here receiving prayer. So here's what I want to do. I want to take like 10 seconds and just sort of center our heart on what God is calling us to do in this moment. And I'm going to count to three and we're all going to pray. Um, however, God is leading you to pray. And then I'm going to close us out and we're going to finish up. All right. So let's just take a few minutes to, or a few moments to kind of center our heart on where Jesus is and what he's doing right now. One, two, three, let's go. Jesus, there is so much that is difficult, and this in particular is difficult. Um, Sickness on any level, it's just hard. Um, But I'm so thankful that you said to us, take heart, I've overcome the world. And I pray right now that we we would hold on 
to that overcoming part. And we would hold on to that part of you that says, even though it's tough, even though it's hard, even though it feels unbearable, take heart. I've overcome it all. And I pray um, for our family here that you would overcome for them, um, that they would sense your presence, um, that you would give them life and light, that their families would be rejuvenated, that there would be the sense of you and your ability to comfort and heal now. And God, we do ask for physical healing, Lord. We ask that your kingdom would come. We ask that we would get a taste of what it's going to be like, that you would come and do exactly what is in your heart to do. I pray most of all that we would, we would feel your support, that we would be support as our family needs it. If they need, if they need prayers, help us pray. If they need meals, help us cook. If they need somebody to talk to, help us listen, God. We pray that you would, that you would work through us, and this would ultimately be for their good, our good, in your glory. We love you, Jesus. We need you. Amen. Amen. So as you return to your seat, I think Scott's going to finish out. We're going to have a time of ministry and prayer. Um, thank you so much for being supportive. Thank you so much uh, for, t- for taking time and actually participating in what God has called us to do. Like this is church for real, and it's pretty awesome. So thank you very much. get that rich here in the white shirt rich is dealing with cancer please keep him in your prayers as well rick i I want you to know that i'm i'm proud of you i'm proud of who you're choosing to be I'm proud of what you're, how you're allowing God to be God over your life. And I'm honored to walk with you through this. And as a pastor, and in some ways a, a spiritual father in this house, I want to be able to look each of you in the eye and say the same thing. That I'm proud of who you're allowing God to be. Of how you're living your life as an act of worship. How you're finding freedom from the things that try to bind and hold back you from the life you were created to. We have a term here called real life and it's about being who God created you to be and doing what God created you to do. I want to be able to look you in the eye and say, I am proud of how you are striving to live your real life. Jesus gave it all to be able to say, come on, I have a real life waiting for you. If you'll just let go. The fear of the Lord, the encountering me for who I really am can trump all those fears. Do you accept it? Can you receive it? Most of the misery that we experience in our life, we pin with our own hand. True, God may allow circumstances, 
But our experience of the misery in those circumstances are writing of our own will. His will is to be fully known in those moments. And it's your choice whether to accept and begin living the abundant life that he came to bring. To live a life of worship is to live a life seeking, following, and trusting Jesus in everything. And praise God that that's his invitation. So we're just going to close this morning. I'm going to invite the prayer teams to come up. They'll be on my right and my left. And and if there's something that you remember from my first couple questions, you know, is there something that, you know, you can name as a stress or something that you can name as a fear? that you want to confess to this morning and ask the Lord to just take all the pressure away from that circumstance, then I encourage you to come and receive prayer. Maybe this is the morning that there's a breakthrough for you. Maybe this is the morning that you can step out of the place of misery or despair. Not because you did it on your own, but because you did it in view of how good God is. And you want to continue taking steps to walk with him and know his goodness. It is his plan for us to know him. That's it. To know me. That's his plan. Will you meet him? Desire him? Seek him? Follow him? And trust him? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are good. Lord, I don't thank you for cancer. I thank you that you are good in the midst of cancer. I don't thank you for the circumstances that stress and worry us. I only thank you that in the midst of those circumstances, you plan to redeem and reconcile them to be things that we would never give up if they led us to you. Thank you with with you, everything is a yes and amen. And I pray right now that you open people's hearts here this morning to say yes and amen into dark places, into into closed doors, into hidden closets, into things that uh, that maybe only you know that that they're not even fully aware of where they haven't invited you to come and heal and restore. But God, you are a God who is reconciling and redeeming that which is lost and that which is broken. So come and do what you do. Come and have your way. And let us abide this morning. Let us worship you.